Nice walk up. John Philip Sousa wrote that. Your inner child is an idiot, the podcast where we look back on things from our childhood and see if they're any good. My name's DJ. My name's Damon. How are you doing, Damon? Uh, thank you. I'm fine. Are Having you going- a... <laughs> what a weird way to answer that. <laughs> well, I was thinking about how weird it is that I would say, I'm Damon, to you. <laughs> whilst if this were just a I'm you Damon! And me. Uh, I think uh, I think we can part the curtain a little bit. This is uh, not just you and me talking here. Oh, okay. A little these behind are, the scenes stuff. <laughs> these are recording devices okay. that we have in front of our faces. We don't normally speak with microphones and pop filters between <laughs> us. Speak uh, for yourself. Today, we're looking back on Gremlins 2 colon the new batch. Yes, and that is Roman numeral 2. Actually, maybe not. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're probably wondering if you missed when we covered Gremlins 1. And First no- off, you're not wondering that, so stop wondering <laughs> that. Uh, no, we didn't. Uh, we will eventually, but a uh, our local art house theater was showing Gremlins 2, and so we were like, can't miss this opportunity to see a, this thing. So I call it a watch-tunity. So we... <laughs> <laughs> Please don't ever do that again. Uh, so we have already seen it, so we're just going to talk about what we remembered before we went in, and then take a break, and then you'll you'll have a chance to watch the movie. The format will still be the same. Same format. No one freak out. What did you like? How? What was your connection to this movie as a kid? Did you like grow up watching this, or I not? loved this movie as a kid. Um, I saw it. Uh, we had HBO when I was a kid by accident. Uh, we got it through cable, and, and they stole never it took accident. it away. Like it was like a freebie, and they yeah. never took it away. So we had cable for a long time, and I watched this on a generous people. Those cable companies, oh, they're so sweet, yeah. good natured, open hearted. Yeah. Uh, I watched this like so many times, and at first I was like, "Oh, I can't watch this; it's too scary." Because I had heard about Gremlins, but when I watched Gremlins two, it was like a cartoon, and it was funny, and I I just really uh, enjoyed. As a cartoon lover, I loved all the sort of cartoony, madcap humor. And then, so having seen this without having seen Gremlins, I begged my father to let me rent Gremlins from the local video store. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to date myself. Um, from the ne- local Netflixery, as <laughs> as my equivalent today would say. And um, he said, ah. I don't know about that. I don't know if you should watch the original Gremlins. I'm like, Dad, I love Gremlins too. What's the worst that could happen? How different could it be? And uh, I had many nightmares. Uh, could not sleep because of Gremlins, uh, the original recipe. Um, but that didn't stop my love of Gremlins too. I even tried to teach myself on piano the Gremlins theme song. You didn't. Uh, you didn't go after the much easier. Mogwai theme. Ooh, no, which is I'm not a fag. Actually, pretty similar to Epona's song. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Um, that's. I think I tried to do the Mogwai's theme, but I just kept having horses in my living. Room. <laughs> and you're like, 
God damn it. And they won't jump over the fence unless I'm straight on from it. I can't come oh, at an God, angle. God Back damn up and try again. And by that time, the Poe has already flown away. <laughs> uh, oh. I, too, watched the original Gremlins at way too young of an age. Um, I don't. I think it's one of those movies that's designed. There's no way you can watch it at the proper age. It's oh, it's always too early yeah. to be watched. I'm interested to go back and watch that one eventually because this one was Gremlins Two was most certainly more madcap, and that's why I loved it. And second to maybe anything remote, remotely related to Ninja Turtles, this is probably one of the things I watched the most uh, growing up. Like, because we were well, like, it was 1990, so we were like eight when it came out. It's like the perfect age for like a silly cartoonish. Oh yeah, movie. but why and, would like, I feel like it's? I feel like in recent years it's gotten sort of a I don't want to say a reappraisal but I mean there's that famous Key and Peele sketch yes. that we that we've watched yeah. since go watch that um, just look just if you haven't ever seen it just google Key and Peele Gremlins is a great sketch there's also the very funny um Twitter feed of the Institute for Gremlins 2 studies oh, I haven't which seen sort of appraises the movie on on various like looking at it from a capitalist perspective and looking <laughs> at it from I mean but with you know a very tongue-in-cheek way and the fact that this movie is completely insane um it's no, i feel it's like it's sort of gotten i mean i guess i would say it's more of it's become more of a cult favorite it's it's known as like a movie that took the concept of the original and then went like what if we fucking did whatever we want <laughs> right you know and and that's why like when, going in to watch the movie uh a couple of days ago like i was even though I knew I know this movie pretty well, I haven't seen it in a long while. Like actually watched it all the way through. It's not they don't like show it on TV that often or anything. Right. Um, and so I was expecting it to be pretty outlandishly silly. Um, and I was not expecting much. Even though I, you know, this is like the perfect movie because it's the thing that you absolutely loved as a kid. But as you watch it as an adult, you're like. Was it actually? Yeah, it is one of those things. Like I remember watching this a lot, and I remember not watching it recently. So yeah. it may that always makes me nervous. It is one of those things that I am surprised I haven't. Like it's not something I repurchased in my video library. It's something I had on VHS that I taped off HBO, but right. it's not something I went ahead and picked up. I like the original Gremlins, but it's not become like one of my like go to movies. Right. Um, Whereas this was a go-to movie that I had as a kid, but I didn't. It didn't continue on past my childhood, which always makes me nervous when I go to rewatch something like that. Yeah, where I'm yeah. like, "Here we buckle the fuck up, guys! You're gonna watch like a bunch of like horrible jokes that are just really dated and and not very funny and very childish." And it is, which we don't get the opportunity to do that often. It is always interesting to get to watch it in a theater, like in the original experience and. You know, the thing about the theater is like, that's, that's it. That's where your attention is. There is no checking your phone. Well, if you're not an asshole, there's no like checking your phone or like chit chatting with people or like whatever, taking a break to go, you know, do something else. And, uh, so you get like as much as you can give it a chance, Uh that's the best way to do it. Like, it's not like we watched, um, Mr. Doubtfire, like in the theater, you know, a few weeks ago when we did that one. So like this, no, I did that in 1994. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, you done? Yeah, we're okay. gonna go and watch, wink, Gremlins 2 now. Uh, 
I have a special treat for you, Damon. We have a uh, message from one of our patrons, oh God. Amy. Uh, so we're going to listen to it, and then uh, she has a question for us. So we're going to answer. Oh, God, I'm already so anxious. Hey, guys. It's Amy Carmen. Hope you're well. Um, longtime listener, first-time caller. Love the podcast. Happy to be one of your Patreon supporters. And I see that you're super close to your first fundraising goal. So hopefully everyone out there listening in podcast land will sign up and help you get there soon. Um, I just have a question about your artistic process as podcast creators. And that is that I noticed that you review your notes after you watch uh, the movie or show in question. And it made me wonder, is there a strict code of silence during watching said movie or TV show, or can you just not help yourselves and you have to discuss things as you go? I would love to know your brilliant process. Um, thanks for all the great work and can't wait for what's to come. Bye. First off, Amy, uh, podcast land is no longer a recognized country. <laughs> Get a new globe. We're back down to 194, I think. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Uh, now it's absorbed called... into Swaziland. <laughs> now it's called South Podcast Land. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, There's the Muslim North podcast land and the Christian South podcast land. Also, thank you for recognizing the brilliance of our process, even <laughs> though you're not sure what that process is. Damon, do you want to take this question? Uh, yes, I do. There is no silence. I <laughs> have watched way too much Mystery no matter- Science Theater in my life to stay silent during a movie. Um, so, yeah, we will exclaim things and yell things at the screen. If it's funny, then we write it down and say it again and then act as if... We didn't. We don't like script it oh, out yeah. like it's a scripted show. We're not that. I was in theater th- one <laughs> freshman year, so I we're don't not. Wanna, I don't want to brag. Into... I was the gander in Charlotte's Web, so I think I know how to do a scene, Amy. <laughs> Whatever takes the least amount of effort is what we're all about. So. Didn't we try to record our audio during while like watching like our for our first episode and it just didn't work out? Yeah, very, very early on, we recorded like our riffing or whatever just to see if we could, you know, had any good bits. And first of all, it was no. First it, off, we had no good things. First off, no. Uh, second off, it was, there's some, you know, issues like having the audio from the movie in there. Technically, we're not allowed to do that without some Sorry, Thundercats stuff. lawyers. Uh, and then it's too many hoops to jump through. And then also, that's a lot more audio to go through for our editor, which is me. So <laughs> uh, we just save it for the tape, man. Save it for the tape. We're also which is usually- something that DJ will sometimes yell at me. If yeah. I say something just too funny. Well, Damon likes it. He'll, not the uh, so much the funny comments Ouch. as you'll start you'll start launching into a story, and then it's like, no, let's don't tell me. I want a genuine ignoring you while you talk <laughs> on tape. I want a genuine googling something about the movie while you're telling your story. <laughs> I hope that answers your question. Thank you, Amy. Thanks for listening. We are back. Isn't that Sting? Yeah. Um, I'll dream already. Yeah. That was a good, that was a big hit for him. 
He loved it. Stop. When Gizmo did the did the chanting. That's a good cover. Um, Okay, Damon, please, for the love of God, recap this movie for me. Uh, First off, thank you for the opportunity. Second off, smash cut to. Bugs and Daffy at the beginning of the movie for some reason, right? And the yeah. WB Shield uh, gives mm-hmm. you an idea that this movie would probably be pretty cartoony. Yeah. Also gives Chuck Jones something to do. He was uh, pretty bored at this point of his life. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, we find out that Billy and Kate from the original movie have moved to the big city, specifically New York City, mm-hmm. which is in New Jersey. Little known fact. <laughs> um, New York, New Jersey. <laughs> the city so nice, they named it once and then put the state after it. <laughs> Like any other, like any other city, (laughs) Um, and uh, they both work in Clamp Tower, one uh, one of the most the most uh, advanced office building in the world. We're we're led to assume a smart building, they call it. Mm -hmm. Um, We also catch up with Gizmo, who since the end of the last Gremlins movie is back in the uh, care of his original owner, Mm -hmm. whose name escapes me for the moment. Can't the old you. Asian man who ran the antiquities, uh, antiquities, what's antique yeah. shop, yeah. uh, in Chinatown. Uh, he's, uh, trying to be bought out by Clamp, Don, Daniel Clamp, almost called him Donald Clamp, Daniel Fair. Clamp himself, um, who wants to, out yeah, about, he wants yeah. to raise the building and build a, uh, Chinatown shopping center or something where he says, where business gets oriented. Uh, but, um, he refuses to sell his house to Clamp, and um, but he dies anyway. And uh, they were able to tear down the building. Gizmo escapes, but gets trapped by some scientists. Mm-hmm. And he gets taken to the Clamp building as well, because there is a genetic laboratory in the uh, Clamp office building as well. That may come into play later. Who knows? Anyway, Gizmo's there, so you know what happens. He gets reunited with Billy. He gets wet. So that means he multiplies, and then those uh, little bastards eat after midnight. That means they uh, incubate and turn into gremlins. Then they get wet, and they make more gremlins. You know how it goes. Um, and then they those gremlins break into the genetics laboratory, as previously mentioned, um, and take various potions. One becomes a spider, one becomes a bat, one becomes a woman, one becomes electricity, one becomes brainy. Tony, Tony Randall. <laughs> one becomes Felix Unger himself, Tony Randall. And uh, anyway, they keep wreaking havoc, blah, 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 blah. And uh, eventually they are thwarted by Billy and his friends. They, <laughs> sort of ran out of steam. They the assemble end. them in the lobby. They start singing New York, New York. They're very excited. They water them down which you'd think would be a bad thing, but then they use the electricity gremlin that they've stored in the phone on hold. They release him from hold, and he electrocutes all the gremlins. They're all right. dead, except for Oh, yeah, except gremlin. for the lady gremlin who tries to fuck Robert Picardo. And it seems succeeds. successfully. Yeah. We don't, we don't get to see the full result, but we all know where that's going. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Gizmo's safe, and they all go home. And I guess he never gets wet again. I guess not. Or maybe they just kill instantly any mogwai that are born afterwards. That seems like the best way to handle it. I mean, really, if I'm being frank, the best way to handle it is kill Gizmo. Oh my God. Like, I love you, buddy, but yeah, you're just not a sustainable species. Asexual reproduction. The world is 70% water. What if you were outside and it rains? What if there's a leak in the house? More Gizmos. 
More mogwais. More horrible mogwais. He only breeds horrible <clears throat> mogwais. That is interesting. Why? Like, why is he the only good mogwai? Like, is it? I don't know. And are there? Is he the only mogwai in the world? Maybe all mogwais are annoying. Maybe Digismo was annoying when he was a kid, but he uh, just mellowed out. He mellowed like out because he was under the old. training of that, uh, you know, yeah, that old man. Uh, important note. <laughs> I mean, we didn't watch the original Gremlins, and it's been a while since I've seen it. But they super upped the cute factor on. Oh yeah. Gizmo, they went all in on the on the cuteness. Oh and yeah, I mean our theater. I mean, anytime he was on screen, at least me and Chelsea, who came to the screening with us, yeah, our friend Chelsea, uh, we could not Aww. stop. Oh, he was very cute, and the uh, the the puppet when they do like the um, they had a little bit of like CGI kind of stuff where he was in front of the screen, and that was a little like you know it's nineteen ninety, so it was a yeah, little so they could show him like actually walking around. in yeah. the environment. That was less. Just because it was not as great, uh, but he walks so cute because he doesn't really have knees. Yeah, and he he does like a little beady 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 kind of <laughs> run, but kind of like when when Shaggy and Scooby would be running in place. Oh yeah, before their little dust clouds would be there. <laughs> yeah, it makes it reminds me of like a sandpiper. Like if you ever see those little birds <laughs> no. on the beach. Oh yeah, that's um, cute. And but the puppet, like when they show him like up close, is adorable. It's got oh, these big yeah. big eyes, big pupils. Like it's very precious moments. I did watch a few scenes from the original. I mean, they did. Uh, I think Rick Baker, who is the known like special effects makeup guy, did the puppets for all of the Gremlins and and Mogwai, and uh, they uh, did a lot of. And whenever it's just Gizmo on the screen or any just the Mogwai, they yeah. had double sized puppets, so they could really give them a lot of features and. Gizmo himself looks a lot better than he did. He looks like an actual animal. He even has little fingernails. Yeah. Aww. Which is a little a little creepy, but sure. But little ding ding. Did you have a Gizmo? No, I had neither a Gizmo nor a Furby <laughs> later I, on. I never had a Furby. That was a little late for me, but I definitely had a Gizmo and he was one of my favorite things. Like I would, you know, he was, he was in the rotation of toys, you know, he wasn't just like sitting over in the corner. You actually play with him? Uh, I mean, not like I would like action figures, but I was more into action figures at that time, but I did like my little gizmo. Um, Yeah. Uh, on the same subject, the gremlins also look fantastic, uh, too. Um, I, again, I looked at clips of the, the original and they just sort of look like rubber puppets in that. Right. Um, their skin has just that rubbery, like, yeah, like matte sort of coloration here they look like actual like sort of reptilian sort of yeah almost dinosaur like they're scaly and they're they look not wet but they look like it looks like skin yeah you know like it it looks functions like skin they all look really really great and especially one of the things that i liked about this as opposed to the original uh i mean i i also have not seen the original in some time so i'm going off of just rough memories yeah. but as i remember it in the original just stripe who is sort of the big big gremlin the alpha gremlin or whatever yeah. in that one uh he has a personality like they're sort of he's given like hey that one's stripe remember that yeah. one he's smart uh, the he's, rest of these yeah. you can forget but remember that one yeah uh and in this one all of them sort of have a personality yeah. um there's like three the three uh, that pop out of Gizmo first have like right. distinct looks and person. One like has like the Cookie Monster eyes, yeah. and he's the one or who gets four. That. It's four. Well, it's four total with with Mohawk. I yeah. believe is what Mo- they yeah. The, the, he's basically the new the stripe. Alpha. Yeah, and then there's like a kind of like more square faced 
kind of, uh, and he's kind of more like the. I he don't looks know. like Edward G. Robinson. Yeah, he does. <laughs> nah, see, and you're not gonna take me, coppers. That's what he looks like. He does exactly. And uh, although I hear he was modeled after the Kraken in Clash of the Titans, oh, okay. I've been looking up a lot of Gremlins yeah, Two information. You have so much more information. Than uh, that. And then there's one that just sort of looks like a dummy. He has like yeah. buck teeth and whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. He sort of talks like that. And then there's the and cuckoo, then there, the cuckoo duck. bananas yeah. one. Yeah. Um, that they accidentally take home. Uh, yeah. Um, what's what's her name? What's the Phoebe Cates? Kate? Yeah. Phoebe Cates' character takes the googly-eyed crazy one home. She's instructed to take Gizmo home, but the the new Mogwais hide Gizmo in the air yeah. ducts, and she takes the cuckoo hyper one home, and yeah. and uh, thinking it's Gizmo, and he's hellacious and that's when billy realizes like oh god you have it's already happened brought you they, they've all it's almost like this is horrible system yeah. for having a pet um yeah awesome. and that's when they realize that there there are more mogwai and they're gonna eat 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 and does gizmo, gizmo just abstains like he knows he just, the rules yeah, and he, like it seems like cool he, about it and he just like i mean he he tries to avoid water too that's like, true he when gomez adams accidentally shoots water out of him yeah place. like uh the What's his name? Gomez Adams guy. John Aston. John Aston has a cameo as the janitor. And yeah. you're like, and I remember as a kid being like, is that Gomez Adams? Yeah. And he's like fixing a water fountain and it eventually it comically misses Gizmo several times, but then eventually it drips on him. And that's what causes the first, the first batch, the first new batch. Um, <laughs> right. I think I, I, I do appreciate about this movie that there are like gremlins with personalities um, even before they start mutating yeah. later on. Um, and I also, I mean, Brainy Gremlin, I don't think he's, he's not one of the original guys. No, no. He's just a n- new gremlin and he takes a brain potion, but he is also very full of personality. Yes. Um, do you want to talk about Howie Mandel's voice acting? Uh, yes, <laughs> I guess it seems like you're pitching me something that I brought up. I earlier. just want to talk about Howie Mandel. I mean, you I, <laughs> let me let me pose it back to you. Do you want to talk about Howie Mandel's voice acting? I saw Howie Mandel in live. Oh, because of this movie and Bobby's World. Uh, and my dad brought Did he me. still have hair at the time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, Howie Mandel was known for blowing a rubber glove up by putting it on his head and blowing it up with his nose. Eventually uh, he had to stop because he like perforated his septum or something. Oh my God. Um, I literally, I don't think I've ever watched Tommy Mandel like straight up stand up. He, he's known for that. And then event later the gremlins, the voice of gizmo and uh-huh. then Bobby's world later. Um, and so my dad took me to this show. It was not appropriate for me at all. He was <laughs> talking about sex. He was kind of filthy. It's like, it wasn't quite Bob Saget level stand right. up, but it was like along those lines. And my dad was basically like, don't tell your mom. <laughs> and I was like, you got it. Cause I, I was excited. <laughs> I feel like everyone has that. Or maybe every comedy nerd has that story, but yeah, like I had the same with Bobby Collins, who was a comedian in the early nineties. I mean, he's still a comedian today, but he hosted VH one's like stand up mm, show. Yeah. Um, and I mean, of course on the VH one show, he was just standard TV comedian. Yeah. And so when he came to town, my dad was like, let's go see Bobby Collins. And I'm like, this is going to be great. I love it. It was filth, <laughs> pure filth. 
And like mom and dad went with me and it was like, we went to Zany's. It was like a two drink minimum. We, like we had to go to the early show. Cause that was the only show that kids were allowed. Like yeah. my age kids. And it was very awkward sitting there with my parents, <laughs> but I loved it. Got yeah. the CD, got his autograph. That's my story. But it was a very awkward, like sort of drive home. Yeah. But I couldn't have been more pleased. That was basically the only reason I wanted to talk about him. Share that story. <laughs> Um, it was like a huge, we did not meet him or I didn't get a signature. It was like a huge, like, Oh yeah. I would imagine that would be big, like peak big. Howie Mandel time. Yeah. Um, Perforated his septum. I guess. So wait, what is like this comedy? Is it like prop comedy? I don't remember or it prop, being a lot of prop adjacent? comedy. There's a like, glove. That, other than that, like that was his, I don't know how that became like his closer, <laughs> but. <laughs> All right, well, I mean, fucking Gallagher and the goddamn watermelons. I mean, but that, he it, is a prop comedy. Yeah. That was this era. So that makes sense. Yeah. So this is a Joe Dante joint. This is not our first Joe Dante movie. Because no, he did the Burbs, right? He did the Burbs. What else did he do? What was his big... Were his big... Inner Space was another oh, one of his. that's right. We should watch that one, too. And later on, he did Small Soldiers, which is not good. Oh, yeah. I, I do remember <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he... Um, and there are a lot of Burbs cameos in Gremlins 2. You got Henry Gibson, who played yeah. Bernard Klopek, who is the smoking employee who gets fired via camera and yeah. PA system early in the movie. And Rick Dokeman, who plays um, Art Weingartner yeah. in The Burbs. He is the security guard who gets bitten. He also plays like the one of the drunk guys in uh, Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. One who gets I think his he knee. passed away. Oh. Yeah. Mm. I think that's true. This isn't... Um, Peak Phoebe Cates as in terms of the zeitgeist. You mean masturbating to uh, yeah. Fast Times at Richmond High? Is that what? Is that her peak? Mas- masturbating to the kid, masturbating to her. Gross. Yeah, that's what I said. Maybe that was your experience, but she is no, it wasn't. Uh, obviously, like Isn't was Judge Reinhold one of the one of the, yeah yeah it was she was one of the queens of the eighties, like the teen teen queens. But uh, this was peak Phoebe Cates for me. Oh yeah, she's like, this adorable. is about the only movie that I ever knew her in because I kind of missed all that. Like I had, I've seen Fast Times at High at some point, but it was not like a formative movie for me. Like I wasn't around. I'm trying to think if she really gets all that much to do. I guess she does get a lot to do in this movie. She does get yeah. to sort of be away from Billy and get to like do her own thing. She gets a very funny scene in the elevator. Um, when she gets in the elevator, and only when it's going does she realize it's been overrun by gremlins, and she. <laughs> She tells it, elevator, sound the alarm. And you just hear a bunch of gremlins going, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> It's really funny. <laughs> um, and uh, she does get to sort of, um, well, she gets trapped in a spider web at some point yes. with Marla Bloodstone, who I'd like to return to. Yes, me too. Um, but uh, she does get to kick a flasher in the groin. That's true. A flashing gremlin who has no genitals, at least visible genitals. Take that, patriarchy. There's no need for gremlins to have genitals. I guess not. They don't, they, uh, asexual reproduction. They're like ferns. Yeah. (laughs) Much like ferns. They release spores into the air. So I don't want to talk about this too much. I don't want to talk. Because it's going to get ugly real quick, but Clamp is clearly modeled after Donald Trump. 80s 
Donald Trump. Yeah, before we saw the movie, I would have said, yeah, this guy's yeah. modeled after Donald Trump. He's a combination, though, of Donald Trump and Ted Turner. Yes. Because uh, yeah. Ted Turner was also known for colorizing movies, and there's a few jokes yeah. in the movie where <laughs> yeah, he's you hear on the too. Smart Building uh, announcements that airing on the Clamp movie channel is Casablanca now in color with a happier ending. <laughs> and at one point in his office, you see It's a Wonderful Life playing, but it's also been colorized. Color, yeah. um, so, he has, so he has the Clamp um cable news network right um ccn which is obviously cnn um and he has an end of the world video prepared which is something that cnn actually has prepared which is if the world is coming to an end they're going to play a they're going to play us all a tape of a orchestra playing near my god's thing really yeah it leaked a few years ago and it was like oh this is tack why would i be watching cnn at that point yeah to turn your tv off Deal you with- should either be reporting about how we're all going to die yeah. or I'm going to go, you know, say hi to my kids or something. <laughs> say hi to them. Hey, kids. Yeah, he he's not really like even 80s Trump. He's not like modeled personality wise after him so much other than he's like a a big kind of New slimy York developer. developer kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, per- yeah, personality wise. I mean, I guess there is some Trumpishness in that he he is very uh, exuberant with exclamations about how great things are yeah but i think i heard that the um in the original script he was going to be more of a villainous character but john glover played him with this charm ebullient charm that they were like actually let's sort of make him into one of the protagonists and just just like an he he's clearly not a great boss this company is not a good place (laughs) to work but it's mostly like that he's sort of absent-minded and just sort of like he's not absent-minded so much as easily distracted he's got the new big idea and so he'll go after that and so his management technique (laughs) has trickled down and so like the his his one of his subordinates the guy that ends up with robert picardo's care forrester i believe he's kind of the iron fist guy who's like who's terrible to work for whereas Clamp he's just, the micah cohen in this yeah. situation <laughs> or the roger stone or think of any of those watergate yeah. two fuckers he's not like a mr burns type he's not like snobby or anything he's more like remove he's in his own bubble i w- i think yeah. the movie like makes a great effort to show him like his office is completely empty there's no one else in it yeah and he they, it shows him like looking out a telescope at one point and just being bored out of his mind because he has nothing to do yeah um so he he's uh, he's just sort of he is definitely a businessman. He gets a few great jokes in in the uh, midst. I think my favorite is once he realizes the extent of what's going on, he says, you know, there are real people in this building, real lives. <laughs> Do you understand the lawsuits we could be facing? <laughs> yeah. uh, so sometimes he will show like he is somewhat, somewhat compassionate, but also still looking at the bottom line. Right. Um, he's he's vi- John Glover is fantastic in this movie. He's very yeah. charming. Uh, you want to sort of like, because it's Trump, you want to think you're looking for prescient things, no, but there's not yeah, really no. that much in there. It did remind me though, how much Trump has been like sort of just in the background of life for so long. Yeah. I remember me and He's Tyler been a joke, like a national yeah. joke since the, well, me and Tyler rewatched 80s. the golden girls, uh, on Hulu somewhat recently. And, it felt like every other episode there was a Donald Trump joke, and it's like, oh, ladies, you don't understand how awkward this is <laughs> 20 years later. Can you please stop? I'm just trying to have one minute to myself, and he's always just there in the background. Estelle, Estelle help me out here. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, he he's a great character. I mean, aside from the, the 
unfortunate we, Trump comparison, but he's he's very funny. Yeah. And I mean, he ends up with Marla in the end, which I mean is also a inside joke, which I never right. picked up on as a kid. Yeah, because Marla Maples. Yeah, right. right. I only caught that this time when when he said her name. And he said Marla. I'm like, oh, of course it's right. Marla. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Marla. Uh, yeah. The first thing I want to say about Marla, Marla. Marla Bloodstone is Marla Bloodstone. She's Billy's immediate superior. She's like his manager. And she has like this lilting New York accent that is an accent that people only have in plays and movies. (laughs) No one really in life talks. Like she sort of has her mouth closed the whole time. She kind of talks like it's really really fast. She's Mae West in your version. She kind of is. Um, she has, yeah, sort of a New York accent. I liked her. She got a, she, I mean, she got a lot of fun lines. I, I think I walked away from the movie thinking she was almost a character. Yeah. Like she's yeah. supposed to be a comic relief type character. She's supposed right. to be very arch and like over the top, not necessarily realistic. Um, but she sort of like makes a lot of, she almost like is the gopher of the movie. Like wherever the movie needs someone Marla Bloodstone's going to be there. Yeah. You need hit Billy to have a really mean boss? Marla Bloodstone's there. You need Billy to have uh, a third, like a love triangle, you know, yeah. person who's going after him? Marla Bloodstone. You need a woman trapped in a spider web for some reason? <laughs> Marla Bloodstone. Uh, she, she, her character never gels, like, as a cohesive thing. Yeah. Like, she's mean to Billy. Until. Uh, she's like, do better. And yeah. then she's flirty with Billy and, you know, almost she plays footsie with him in a Canadian restaurant. Well, but that's because... Another Molson, eh? Clamp visits their floor, right. like, for the first time ever. And he takes a shine to, to Billy. He likes Billy. And so she noticed that. And then all of a sudden, she's all about Billy, wants to talk about their future. And, right. Because... Uh, Clamp like puts him in charge of this huge new project for no other no other reason other than he likes his drawing, and uh, that also sounds like Donald Trump. To yeah, me. yeah, it's very like on a whim. And then so she's all of a sudden she's like, okay, right. this is my ticket to the. That next That does make up. sense. I guess that yeah. wasn't like clear enough for me. Like, yeah, it just felt like she was. I never portrayed as that. mean, and then she was pay- portrayed yeah. as as flirtatious, and then she was the damsel in distress at one point, and it never. She was like she was just missing a quarter cup of like camp. And yeah. I just needed just a little bit more, and I would have been there. I've been all about Marla Bloodstone. Well, and I kind of like. Plus, like, she had an awesome cigarette case. Oh, what was that? Oh, because the lighter, lighter was in, in the cigarette yeah. case. It yeah, was she's great. constantly she's she chain, chain smokes. Yeah. The last decade, you could do that. In fact, she's like kind of freaking out after she gets out of the spider web, and, <laughs> and Billy's telling people what to do for his plan, and it's like Marla, smoke. She's like <laughs> on it. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like the uh, the. Phoebe Cates, uh, Billy, I can't remember Phoebe Cates' character. Her name is Kate. Kate. Oh, okay, that's easy. Uh, Kate, I can see, you gotta sort of, you know, if only there was some sort of mnemonic device I could come Mm, up with. We'll come up with something. Um, I actually really like the, like, Kate, Billy, Marla thing, because it makes sense, like, why she wants to take him out, because she sees him as her ticket to the next level. Uh And then he's like, well, my boss is wants to talk to me so i maybe and she also wants raise. to look in this drawer where i'm keeping a mogwai right so, so he's I've like gotta... whatever to get her out of there because uh-huh. he is like i don't know he's not he's not he doesn't seem super concerned about kate at all he's got bigger things on his mind like he's not worried about upsetting kate he's worried about gremlins taking over the building which they do eventually right he was right about that although he didn't do anything to stop it um but just then, say no yeah and he's kind of just sort of 
placating Marla a little bit at, at dinner. He's just like, eh, I gotta go. I gotta move on. I gotta go. And then she's kind of laying it on. And then eventually he leaves. But, uh, but then he, she kisses him after, at the end of dinner. And so he's got this big red, wet cartoonish yeah. <laughs> red and lipstick, so, which uh, is a motif in this film. He's not the only character to get true. a lot of red lipstick all over. True. Oh, foreshadowing. Oh, oh. Uh, so he, when he gets home, Kay sees that and he's like, Billy does not even try to explain it. He's just like, right. don't worry about that. We got <laughs> fucking gremlins are going to happen. And then it kind of gets dropped, but for reasonable. Uh, I guess. I mean, yeah. I guess I feel like it does get dropped and then it gets picked up sort of in the in the third act when Marla. She gets trapped in the. She gets in trapped the, in the spider web. Yeah. Phoebe comes to rescue yeah. her. But then they both get trapped in the spider web. And well, because the spider shows up. Well, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> In their defense, the spider showed up. Yeah. Uh, but it's just sort of like it's brought up again. I'm like, oh, right. I forgot that that was the plot point. It just didn't seem like. I think yeah. it would have worked if Phoebe, Kate, and Billy, or Billy and Kate were together for most of the movie, but they're mostly apart. Yeah. So the tension of like their relationship being strained by something that's not gremlin related seems unnecessary unnecessary yeah, like i fair. their relationship is already strained by you know the presence of gremlins right and it's like kind of and then i had to well part of the problem with marla bloodstone's character is she also disappears for the entire second act right um and then when she returned in the third act my brain literally had to go oh right right this character <laughs> yeah she's just gone for a while she is gone i feel like they could have put just like a quick scene of like marla continuing to work like and you just see outside of her office is chaos, but she's working so hard that she doesn't notice it or something. So right. it'd be like, oh right, Marla Bloodstone is a character in this movie, right? But it, it, we don't get that, and we just get her coming out. Obviously, having missed absolutely everything, still trying to work in an abandoned office building that's overrun with gremlins that somehow have overlooked her. Yeah. Um. So I just feel like she was almost there, but sort of a non-entity for most of the time. Yeah. I want to talk about the, we already sort of talked about clamp, but I want to talk about the clamp tower in general. I already referenced the fucking, uh, Casablanca announcement. Yeah. A Um, lot of good announcements. (laughs) There are a lot of great announcements. Um, there's one that says for the person who's got a 82 Oldsmobile parked in the garage, please remove your car. It is ugly and dirty. (laughs) Um, there's another one, uh, that says, oh, it's like fire man's greatest foe, bringer of warmth, destroyer of forests. Right now, this building is on fire. And someone comes out and goes, what? And yeah. he goes, yes, this building is on fire. And there's, uh, also at some point, Billy walks into the bathroom and he goes, welcome to the men's room. <laughs> and then another guy walks out and goes, hey, buddy, hope you wash those hands. It's so weird. It's weird. I do like that. That was, I feel like that was one person's idea. And then they were like, yeah, all right. Sure. Fuck it. And Joe Dante <laughs> was like, jokes. fuck it. And yeah. he fell asleep on a pile of money. I liked the, um, there at some point, Billy ends up in a control room for the tv where forrester's crew like forrester's like sort of the yeah. uh security i guess he's had a security yes his, it's not clear what his, his job, job is. seems nebulous yeah but it's like michael cohen's um but <laughs> he's yeah he's fixer. like sort of head of security but in that control room there the the all the like uh the crew start calling out billy on the rules of gremlins because he, he explains point. it to him and they start going like well, what if they're on a plane <laughs> 
What if he crosses into another time zone? What if he has a caraway seed stuck in his mouth and it comes loose after midnight? Has he eaten after midnight then? Yeah. Which, uh... Excellent great. points. They're excellent They're points. They're all salient points. We're going to look into them, get right back. Yeah. Uh, LT, uh, we, so friend of the show, mm. LT also came with us to see Gremlins. She was the lone holdout. She did not want to see it. She does not like horror movies even yeah. more than me and even anything with the semblance that it might be scary. She, yeah. wants, she usually wants no part in. But she, one, had a great time. And two... Uh, she was asking weird questions about the Gremlins rules because it. Had, she. I don't think she had ever seen Gremlins, or it had also been a while for her. And I was like, "Just watch the movie," because I, I could remember this scene. Yeah. It's like you're gonna like. There's a scene in this movie that addresses these questions. You yeah. Have. But her question was, "When can you feed a Gremlin again? You right. can't feed them after midnight, right? But is it like sun up? Can I gotta I feed say, them? it's, it's got to be sunrise. Or does it? Is it? Well, I mean, midnight isn't a specific time. Yeah. yeah. Of like like a natural time, it's like one we have imposed upon the time. day. Yeah. Uh, so, is it sun up? Is it noon? Like a, 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 that they can eat it again? You could never feed a gremlin tomorrow. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's, what, that's the demarcation of midnight, right? That's the next day, technically. Right. So you can never feed a gremlin tomorrow, but you can always feed them today. Yeah. John Lennon said that. Yeah. Imagine there's no gremlins. It's easy if you try because they're not real. They're puppets. The puppets. <laughs> the puppets. <laughs> the puppets. Paul, oh. what if we wrote a song about gremlins? <laughs> no, no, don't be scared, Paul. They're just puppets. <laughs> Paul, Paul, get out of the bathroom. There's no reason to be scared. It's just a puppet I had on my hand. It's getting like John Lennon with a cold, actually. <laughs> What? And I like that Paul McCartney's scared of things. <laughs> what were all the vials for? Like, what were those for? <laughs> okay, the, all the vials that the gremlins... In the, spi- in the Splice of Life? Yeah. So, the, yeah, the, the genetics lab was called the Spice of Life. It's Christopher Lee. It was the main Christopher scientist. Lee, who is my... This is my... Uh, not to get off your point, but let's yeah. talk about my point, Rich, real sure. quick. Um, which is, this is my first Christopher Lee movie ever. Uh-huh. And I didn't know who Christopher Lee was. Yeah. Um, but I think I was watching this movie once and my dad went, is that Christopher Lee? And he then explained to me who Christopher Lee was. Um, I feel like this is the first... I only know who that is from... Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Who is he? I mean, he was I in a lot like, of like uh, yeah. horror movies, hammer okay. horror movies, sort of cheap like uh, horror movies of the 60s and 70s. He played Dracula for a long string of films. Okay. Um, and, uh, I think this was like maybe the first movie, at least in my mind, where I feel like he's had sort of a resurgence. I mean, he's passed away now, but, uh, he had a resurgence in the nineties and then really in the two thousands when those, um, the directors that were coming up, we like George Lucas and Tim Burton, like in the seventies and eighties who would have grown up on those hammer horror movies were like, Oh, I want to put george lucas and things so i mean peter jackson george lucas what did i say george lucas oh no don't put george lucas in <laughs> oh no uh they wanted to put christopher lee in things so i mean he gets into the star wars prequels he gets into the lord of the rings movies he gets into oh, that's right. He's in the star wars. a lot of uh tim burton movie later tim burton movies mm. including the voice of the jabberwocky in alice in wonderland cool cool so eventually the gremlins Sorry. bust into this lab 
and they start taking all his vials, and that's how we get one takes one with a spider on it, and he becomes a spider gremlin. They all What's kind of the become question? Hybrids. You don't understand how genetics works? <laughs> so I guess they were like, like the just f- DNA in vials. One takes adds a, to your DNA, you become a spider. Of one that has vegetables on it because a vegetable <laughs> gremlin. Which I mean, he the one guy was using to make like tomatoes smaller or s- stronger for shipment. But so I don't see why injecting that into an animal would cause their leaves, their yeah. ears to look like leaves of lettuce, and their <laughs> their face to grow carrots. And it vegetables. doesn't really matter, but it did make me think. Like while they were going, I'm like, what purpose did these serve? <laughs> they kind of get got into it. They got into it enough. Honestly, I mean, this is like a cartoon. I yeah, mean, the, it, it's, it's very a Bugs campy. Bunny logic yeah. of just like yeah. this is something that Wiley e. Coyote would buy vials of bat juice, and he, you know, sunblock. Yeah, I was give you the, one becomes a bat, yes. which is very cool. Yeah, to like fifteen year old David's yeah, brain, yeah. Um, and but he almost dies almost immediately. It's almost just a way to get uh, Mister Futterman yeah. involved in the storyline. Mr. Futterman, who was in the original Gremlins, who's a little bit paranoid about foreigners coming into America. Russian spies, I think, was his, like, running gag in the original Gremlins, which gets a little play in this one. But um, he and his wife are visiting uh, Billy and Kate, and they are out sightseeing when they see the Gremlin bat, who has also been given sunblock so he can go out into the sun. Right, right. which hey, why didn't they just? Do I don't that know why Brainy Gremlin didn't just. I guess he only had. Guess one. he ain't that smart. Yeah, um, because especially if he's gonna go out, he has all this sunblock, or maybe he just had one vial of yeah. sunblock. Uh, anyway, it's a, really just a way to get Dick Miller's character of Mister Futterman for the bat in to eventually pose as like a gargoyle. a gargoyle on yeah. a thing, and also fly out the building, leaving a bat symbol uh, yeah. silhouette yeah. in the hole where he left. Yeah. Warner Brothers made a lot of money in 1989. Yeah, they they wanted to brag about it a little bit. Gizmo is the Gremlins' father. father. Yes, it's an edible story. It's a ve- yeah. <laughs> it's funny how like they immediately. All the alpha, whoever the alpha is, like in the first movie of Stripe it, in this one it's Mohawk or whatever. Like all they want to do is kill their father. kill Gizmo. They don't really kill him though, because they they kill people in this movie. And they do never. They? Ki- That's actually one of my questions. Well, it sure seems like it. They Does kill- anyone actually die in this movie? Christopher Lee dies. Right, I guess that's true. But electrocution, electrocution gremlin. by electrocution, electrocution by gremlin. Yeah, electric electricity. And maybe Mister Clamp's secretary dies. We never yeah. see her die, but she eats she eats a sandwich with a mousetrap in it. We don't see it. We just hear it. I feel like it's more, it's clearer in the first movie that they're killing oh, people. Oh, yeah. I was, I, yeah. on the way out of the theater, I said, I know the Kremlins kill people in the first one. In this one, they just seem to be annoying everyone. It's just. It, and biting their butts at one point. Yeah. It does seem like they're maybe killing them, but off screen. Right. I mean, I, that yeah. that would be a mood killer. <laughs> yeah. It's just because they want to keep the kind of silly factor in there. It's like. Like Ninja Turtles and Foot Soldiers. It's like, you got to kill these guys, right? You're killing them? You just knocked that guy off. You just knocked him down on the floor? You just knocked him off the building. I think he's dead. (laughs) Uh, But they're not like showing. Right. Stabbing. Stabbing. They clearly have the capability, but they're not killing. They're not trying to kill Gizmo. They're just like torturing him. They like hit him with a toy train, which is like, even a gremlin knows that's not going to kill him. They're just like fucking around. Right, and it they gives are, him his Gremlins, Rambo story. Gremlins know how to have a good time. I mean, they're just like goofing nonstop. Oh, they love a good goof. They are just constant goofs. They're horsing around. And let me tell you, they must be good at making costumes because they yeah 
They have those anti-gizmo t-shirts yep. they've obviously passed around. I saw on at least two gremlins. One had a witch's hat prepared just so in case he, he melts. <laughs> he can say, I'm melting, I'm melting, oh, what a world. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, the Brainy Gremlin had uh, that smart little turtleneck blazer set. And that he, he came up on. from turning into the Brainy Gremlin with glasses already on. <laughs> God, that's funny. It's so stupid. It's one of those things where you're, like, laughing in the writer's room as they come up with it. And they're like, that's ridiculous. Put it in the movie. <laughs> to quote Jordan Peele's character. Because um, it's, in, it's the in the movie. Uh, well, I mean, that's not unprecedented. I feel like in the original, there was a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like, it's once they got in silly. full swing... Like they, when they kill that old woman, the mean lady who who sort of owns the town by rigging up her her yeah. stair chair and shoot her out the window. They're singing, follow. They're singing, deck the halls outside her door, all decked out in little hats right. and little scarves, looking adorable, uh, just to annoy her. Right. So I mean, they they have, must have some crafting skills. I bet there's <laughs> a lot of gremlins on Etsy. Did you watch the like in the original Gremlins, whatever the Lincoln story is? The guy. Oh well, yeah. In the original Gremlins, um, Phoebe Kate's character she talks about how at Christmas she doesn't she hates Christmas, right? Um, Which because this, mo- this movie is not set at Christmas, right. but the original is. Uh, she hates Christmas because when she was a kid, her dad died at Christmas, and he died specifically by getting dressed as Santa and trying to come down the chimney, where he oh, got that's... stuck and suffocated to death. And they only found him days later as he started to rot. Oh um, my god. So in this movie, someone mentions Abraham Lincoln and she goes, oh, do not mention Abraham Lincoln. And she talks about how she was in the park one day and she's like, and there was this guy and he was wearing a tall hat and he had a beard. He looked just like Lincoln, except for the raincoat. And he said, oh, come here, little girl. <laughs> and, and someone cuts her off before she can finish her story. I mean, it's it's another moment like making fun of the gremlin rules of making fun of the original movie. Oh, okay. Uh, it's it's so a that's, moment. that would be why she hates President's Day, or right? She hates Day. Lincoln. Oh, okay, okay. So there was like some other story that we didn't get to hear. But yeah. It was, okay, I get it. I get it's it. Deliberately meant to be melodramatic and weird. Uh, I don't think we've talked enough about. Well, first off, I'd like to talk about microwave with Marge. Okay. Uh, setting this movie in an office building is kind of a very smart move because they get to sort of. Have anything they want. It's vignettes. They can have any yeah. set piece they want because it's also a TV station, right? Yeah. It's it's cable news now. It's not just a TV station. It's a a, a network of right. channels. Yeah. So there's an archery channel. There's a food channel. There's uh you know uh, Uncle Fred's like scary show that he yeah. films. We haven't even really talked about him, but uh, Microwave with Marge is a cooking show, and she's obviously a drunk, not much like uh, the Galloping Gourmet in the 70s. Um, she pours herself sherry whenever she puts sherry in the in a uh, recipe. She makes very, like, uh, she reminded me of um, Sandra Lee, who is also on the Food Network, um, who does uh, mostly homemade meals. Right, yeah, semi-homemade. Where she buys yeah. a fucking cake at Kroger and adds, like, Twizzlers on top and says, <laughs> I did it! And I'm like, fuck off, why do you have a channel? Oh, you're married to the governor of New York? Fuck off again. Oh. Um, Asterisk. <laughs> sorry, I just don't like Sandra Lee. Okay. Nobody doesn't like Sarah Lee, but a lot of people don't <laughs> like Sandra Lee. Um, nobody, I'm still, every time I'm always, yeah, I'm like, did they say nobody does it like, or doesn't like? That's what I always thought. That's what I always thought. But when I found out it was nobody doesn't like, it was like, well, that's missed opportunity. Don't say that. Nobody does it like Sarah Lee is what you should have done. And they were like, oh, well, there was already, already a Sarah Lee with an H who had the slogan, nobody does it like. So we had to do 
Well, eventually so. they're going to change it, and then it'll be this big Mandela effect thing where people are going to be like, I remember. I'm pretty sure. Wasn't it Baron Stain Lee? <laughs> um, Microwave with Marge is a little great vignette because you get this woman cooking, and the gremlins are all up in her cooking, and they throw yeah. things in the microwave, and shit blows up, and she runs out of her own set saying, stay here and die, <laughs> which I enjoy. <laughs> um, we also get introduced to, I didn't catch his name, but it's the same actor who played... Uh, Long Duck Dong on 16 Candles. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this one, I mean, he, he gets a little bit better. He stores, still sort of fulfills an Asian stereotype, stereotype in that he's yeah. constantly taking photographs and he's constantly filming things and, and uh, whatever. But his character is an idiot. Like he's I, also a moron. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't have a egregious accent. Right. So I was like, well, we're making progress. Um, he pairs up with Uncle Fred, who is sort of an Al Lewis yeah. from the Munsters style character who hosts like one of those late night horror horror films, mo- yeah. horror film uh, shows. But he can only show more Shitty. recent yeah, ones he because they're all, he only likes color. Right. Clamp only likes color. Um, but he's friends with Billy and... Um, he talks about how he wanted to be a newsman and he realizes about midway through the film that all these news shows are outside the tower, but he could be reporting inside the tower and he gets, he gets the break of a lifetime by getting to talk to the brainy gremlin. Now we get to, now we get to talk to Tony Randall. Brainy gremlin. So brainy gremlin, uh, he takes a brain hormone. You want to, you want to talk about his creation? You've already sort of, maybe there's nothing more to say. I mean, that's it. Yeah. He takes it. It just has a brain on the vial. He takes it (laughs) and all of a sudden he can speak uh, coherently. All the gremlins can kind of speak. He has an English accent. But yeah, he's got, it's like almost New Zealand. Like the, oh, right. Talk a little bit about what we have going on here. Yeah. And he's very like. I feel like it's more like Catherine Hepburn, uh, old money. New York, like upstate yeah, New York, yeah. the Hamptons. Oh, yes. Well, we're yeah. going down to the squashes. It's for a very luncheon. cartoonish accent, regardless, yeah. and intentionally so. And he's very much like, he's still a gremlin. He just shoots a random gremlin because he's yeah, like, he's was that civilized? No, of, of course chaos. not. Yeah. He's very much, he's not against what they're doing at all. He's totally for it. So he's still like, definitely. He's uh, anarchy. Yeah, he's ve- yeah, he's very anarchic. much still an anarchist despite his like civilized theory, but he gets an interview with him. I do have um, a quote, a little bit of a long yes, quote please. that I'd like to share from Brainy Gremlin. Please. When he's doing his interview, after he does shoot that uh, that other gremlin, just for no reason but to show that he can, I guess, uh, he does say, uh, now bear in mind, none of us have been in New York before. There are Broadway shows. We'll have to find out how to get tickets. <laughs> There's also a lot of street crime, but we can see that for free. We want the essentials, dinettes, complete bedroom groups, convenient credit, even though we've been turned down in the past. (laughs) He's just a very, very funny uh, character. And he sort of becomes, I mean, I think the only big fault I would give to the brainy gremlin is that he sort of becomes the de facto leader of the gremlins. Right. Uh, in this viewing, uh, I, as I've mentioned before, like I've watched this movie dozens of times as a child, and this is the first time I ever noticed that it was Mohawk, the alpha of the original set of Mogwai, that becomes the spider gremlin. And right. that's why it's like important that Gizmo destroys him. Right. But it also sort of leads to this moment where he killed the main gremlin, but there's still all these gremlins downstairs in the lobby being led by the brain gremlin right or gathering there so that they can go escape into new york city um and i think 
the brain gremlin comes in with such a force of literal personality um, that Mohawk sort of like becomes sort of yeah. a forgotten character. Well, I and think they also kind of did that. He I think they they did that because they establish in the first movie that they're like, there's an alpha and he's going to be the leader. And right. they kind of, they stay true to that for a second in this movie, but then they right. realize that they're like, who we already, cares? We already did that story. <laughs> sure. And it's not, and we got this other idea that's more interesting. I don't, it, it is a good point though. Why didn't, why didn't they just it's, make it? It's nitpicky, but yeah. I feel like they could have like had Mohawk take the brain right. hormone and then he could have been like even more of a leader of these gremlins. Sure. Uh, but then the hair wouldn't have. Oh, uh, it's just weird. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the spider gremlin. He sort of yeah. does get a set piece, even though it's sort of earlier in Act Three than than yeah. later. Um, you get damsels in distress, and uh, there is sort of a running theme of Rambo in this movie. Yeah. So early in the movie, Mister Clamps men come to talk to Mister Wing, the Gizmo's owner, that's caretaker. The and they. Clamp like doesn't really leave his building that often, so they bring a TV that. And Clamp has a message, and then eventually they just leave the TV, and then Gizmo starts watching Rambo. So he's right. like, kind of, and he. And what's the quote from Rambo? You want to do your Stallone? To, uh, to survive war, yeah, you got to become war. <laughs> I can only do it really quietly. <laughs> you can't. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, to survive war, you got to become war. To survive war, you got. No wait, kind of just one side of the mouth. To survive war. Wait, I'm doing like a southern accent. To survive, to survive war, war. Yeah, yeah. you gotta become war. You gotta get more, uh. uh give me that vocal fry. Uh, my gizmo, Gizmo's super <laughs> orgasmo. <laughs> Gizmo's super orgasmic right now. <laughs> Gizmo's super into Rambo when he watches it. Of course, Mr. Wing turns, turns it off. But yeah, he's, he's very into it. So later. So later, of course, he's been tortured. Uh, by all the gremlins, and in a way, he survived war. And as Sylvester Stallone taught us, in order to do that, yeah, you got to become war. Um, so he uh, and there is a, like a very cheesy. I deliberately so uh, they play that dialogue again yeah. over like Gizmo squinting off in yeah. the distance or something. He makes a little bow and arrow out of a paperclip and a rubber band. I also did that, and in, inspired by this movie. <laughs> When dangerous I not i didn't use fire but like a rubber band and a paper clip right he uses a uh, tylenol and empty little like travel tylenol uh, yeah. cases the arrowhead and fills it like with a ribbon or something that he can light on fire and he shoots it at the spider and uh that's like a big like character moment for gizmo because he actually like avenges himself i guess yeah. um he uh, i guess in the first one he sort of serves as a distraction right um in the climax, trying to distract Spike, but it's really a fight of Billy versus he, he drives the, the Barbie little car. car, little car. Yeah. Um, but it's really a fight between Billy and Spike. Right. Whereas in this one, this one is Gizmo avenging. Yeah. And Can you they, avenge yourself? When they said, what happened to him? And they go, he goes, I guess they pushed him too far. <laughs> Deranged. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Uh, so let's talk. So you get. One of my favorite sequence probably in the whole movie is a musical number. Yeah. Uh, which you get um, Brainy Gremlin. Gremlin leads everyone in New York, New York mm-hmm. as they gather. So I guess I should mention the plot to defeat the Gremlins is originally Daniel Clamp 
uses his secret exit to get outside the building, coordinates with some construction crew, and puts a giant backdrop in front of the lobby because it's the, quote, only way out of the building. Right. Although in my head I was like, uh, fire safety codes. Yeah, that's not legal. Um, (laughs) uh, So he puts like a backdrop, like a night sky um, out in front of the building so that the gremlin, and he also sets the clocks ahead, sorry. Yeah. Um, So the gremlins think it's nighttime and they start gathering in the lobby to go outside and the plan is then to drop the uh the backdrop yeah sorry backdrop and the sunlight will start pouring in through the lobby windows and kill all the gremlins and right when he's about to drop it clouds start gathering and and it's not going to work uh which leads to the second plan which is get them all wet and electrocute them to death but as they're gathering in the lobby, Brainy Gremlin leads them all in New York, New York. And it's a really fantastic musical number with puppets like dancing around and like hitting each other with hammers. And you sort of see, of course, they've stolen a bunch of munitions. Right. Because we find out Christopher Lee has a lot of uh, arms stored in the Splice of Life lockers. Uh, so they're planning to tear down. We see them playing with blue blueprints to tear down the Statue of Liberty at one point and just a bunch of nonsense. But yeah. uh, it's a really fantastic musical number. You also get the, uh, I according to IMDb, she is Greta the Gremlin, okay. is the female Gremlin. Um, and she, uh, she doesn't really do a musical number so much as stands and has moans. A, a very Gershwin-esque ah. like, breakdown. And then, yeah, they all... Ah. Uh, it's very deranged and very sort of Busby Berkeley, but she's very like Miss Piggy. Like she's, very, she is like, very Miss Piggy, yeah. like meets Marilyn Monroe. She even yeah. has like Monroe, uh, sort mole, of mole. Yeah, and, uh, she just sort of moans in songs. So that's Marilyn Monroe, but she is Miss Piggy and that she wants to kiss yeah. Robert mm. Picardo. Yeah. Who's a free frog like man. I'm just kidding. He's yeah. fine. And, uh, so the plan works. They, they shoot the, uh, water all over them and then electrocute them. And so they're all like, they, like it's gross because they're oh all it's like, disgusting because they're also like starting to bubble up like with with right because they're also getting like about to multiply so yeah. they get the weird egg sacs on their back yeah gross yeah. it's very gross and you can see they did really well on the puppetry because you can see the little baby gremlins yeah, growing in inside the little yeah. sacks um to brainy gremlins credit he keeps singing all the way all the way to the end (laughs) (laughs) the show must go on um and that's uh pretty much the end and then i think we get a little denouement where clamp wants to build uh kingston falls the hometown of the kids yeah uh of the kids they're younger than oh kids uh Kate and Billy, and uh, he also wants to merchandise Gizmo, and I guess Gizmo never gets wet again. <laughs> Happily ever after. Yay, we did it. Except it might rain outside, according to the the weather that was happening. So, Gizmo, hope that cardboard box is you know watertight. <laughs> well, they're gonna get cable, so it'll be fine because he wants to watch TV. Rainbow. Um, why are Daffy and Bugs in this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. I was a little bit confused. One, I guess it's a tone-setting maneuver. Fair. Fair. Because Especially because it's such a departure from the first one. Uh, that animated sequence at the beginning, which is essentially the Warner Brothers like logo, is yeah. like a little skit with that, Bugs and Daffy. This is what came out in 1990, which I believe is the 50th anniversary of Bugs Bunny. Okay. So Bugs Bunny was also sort of riding a high. Chuck Jones also animated that whole sequence. And Chuck Jones actually has a cameo in the original Gremlins. He's one of the guys in the bar, and he talks to Billy about not giving up drawing. Oh. Chuck Jones. Um, so I guess Joe Dante loves Chuck Jones, according to what I could find. Okay. Um, but it's not 
entirely clear yeah. why it's i was like oh right and it was i always get this anxiety when i'm watching a movie especially with someone who's never seen it and especially in the case of lt someone who's sort of seeing it under duress <laughs> she's been coerced into right watching. And she's like i guess everyone's going i guess i'm gonna go see this movie um and I'm like, oh, I forgot this weird cartoon thing is here. And I'm, then I'm like, what's going through LT's brain right now? She's yeah. like, what have I signed up for? Is there a way I can slip into the other movie that's <laughs> playing next door? Um, it's just a weird moment. And it's gone as soon as it starts. And until until the end when end it credits. comes back and you're like, oh. And that's when Porky Pig shows up to do That's All, folks. And Daffy you know, stops him from doing that and steals that as well. Let me ask you a question, because this is the time, the only time that I could tell, at least, that you were visibly uncomfortable during the movie. Okay. Can we talk about Hulk Hogan? Oh, God. I forgot. I actually forgot. You forgot as of since seeing it on Wednesday? Or you forgot as of seeing it as a child? Because not to uh, foreshadow my conclusion so much, but I was kind of enjoying this movie way more than I thought I was going to. And then there's this point where – so the gremlins are causing chaos and the film, quote, unquote, breaks. The actual Which the, tricked – for the record, tricked LT. She fell for it. Yeah. She was like, ah. Oh. Because actually the film did break yeah, they in had the a, theater. They had right. a film break right before it was about to start and the guy had to go, sorry, the film broke. I got to fix it. Um, did he do that on purpose, you think? <laughs> and uh, he was yellow and he did have pimples on his face. Yeah. We did have a sort of joke where – uh, I was like, oh, the film broke just like in the movie. That's an Easter egg for the real fans in the audience. Yeah. Um, but I was pleased that LT actually fell for it. There is a scene, like, sort of you a see, climactic like the- scene where Christopher Lee's voice sort of breaks in a weird way. You're like, what's going on? And then the film sort of actually burns off. Yeah. And then the gremlins come on and do a little puppet show. Yeah. And it's pretty funny. And then, but then it's like at a like pretend movie theater. Right. And then a manager goes and gets. Hulk Hogan, who's in the audience, watching something else. Well, the Gremlins put on a nudie pic from the fifties, right? But it's like it's like Hulk Hogan's character of Hulk Hogan, right. Doesn't know that something's wrong. Like the guy has <laughs> well, to tell him. Well, everyone was watching in the theater. They were just they like, were all okay. Themselves. Um, but yeah, so Hulk Hogan gets up and does his Hulk Hogan thing, threatens to crush the. Do you think the Gremsters can go up against the Hulkster? Hulkster. And he rips his shirt off. Yeah. And he smashes he his popcorn. Breaks the fourth wall and says, sorry, folks. Enjoy the rest of the movie. <laughs> right. Also, I mean, we get another weird, like, break. Leonard Malton cameos as himself, supposedly reading his exact review of the original <laughs> Gremlins. Um, and he gets killed by Gremlins at some point. Uh, so it's... <laughs> I mean, that happens even earlier than the Hulk stuff. Yeah. So, uh, that one didn't bother me as no, much. No, that one was sort of like, sort of it in, was weird. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of like easing you into like, hey, we're just going to be fucking around. Yeah. Hope you're cool with it. The Hulkster didn't bother me as much, but I could. It was like watching a sex scene with your dad. Yeah. Like, I could see that you were vi- more visibly uncomfortable than I was. And probably because we've learned that the Hulkster is a racist. He cheats on his wife and yeah. he brought down Gawker Media in the meantime. There's no way Joe Dante could have known that. And but I've that's never what we know seen about the his sex now. take, but just knowing that it's out there grosses me out. Do you think he wears a tank top that he tears off? <sighs> yes. It's like when you see a comedian on stage just bombing and it's like, I'm not up there, but I'm still horribly embarrassed for that person. 
empathy is one of the greatest steps in evolution. Don't forget that. Maybe that's You're it. imagining yourself. The ability you know, that your brain can empathize and imagine yourself bombing on stage is you what know, makes you You ask me what my weaknesses are. I'm too empathetic. <laughs> uh, and I'm a workaholic in that I drink alcohol at work. I care too much. <laughs> I'm addicted to workahol. <laughs> that's sweet, sweet workahol. Two more things. Uncle Frank is played by Robert Prosky, the late Robert Prosky. You might know him as... Mr. Lundy from Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, that's right. So that's interesting. Anyone? No, I'm getting, I'm getting from the the booth that that is not interesting. Okay. Okay. Wow. Well, here's another one for you. Um, Hollywood is notoriously cheap. So if you've watched Gremlins two dozens of times as a child, and you spend a lot of time watching other movies, you'll notice that CCN cameras show up in a lot of other movies ah. just reused and it makes you go like wait a minute does michael douglas playing president shepherd in the american president live in the same universe where <laughs> gremlins took to. over clamp tower did he have to like post an address addressing the gremlins taking over in new york did he have to like have a press conference and like calm the nation at one point so that's fun to say keep your eye out if you're watching movies from the mid to late 90s, look for CCN, Clamp Cable News, uh, cameras in the background of, of, of movies whenever there's a press conference or like a newsworthy event. Keep your eye out. Shall we go to the verdict? Yeah. start i feel like i always start um you're in a child is not an idiot this was way better than i was expecting it's not worth how obsessed i was as a kid <laughs> but it's pretty funny and if we took out the the hulk scene and maybe fleshed out the female characters a little bit more it's a pretty fucking good movie like it's pretty it's very silly it's very wacky um but it's it it's a kind of movie that knows what it is you know what I mean? Like it's yes. not it's not trying to one up the horror of the first Gremlins or like go more into the horror genre. It's clearly been like the direction we're going to go with this is a fucking goofy ass movie <laughs> and they lean into it uh-huh. and like every single like that, you know, every single crazy gremlin that, that like drinks a vial of whatever <laughs> uh-huh. has at least one like <laughs> moment uh-huh. you know what i mean like every and they you make a good point in that that that's a good way of actually distinguishing the gremlins because there are just kind of a mass of puppets in the first one which is funny in its own like you know that's worth some bits right. too but they're like we already did that so we're gonna do something else gizmo's really cute it's greta's hot the i'm super into greta <laughs> the, you know that there. i mean if anyone's there's bound to be thousands of people uh, around our age who that hit at the exact right moment, and it's just like, Greta, man, Greta the Gremlin. It's very formative. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she had those calves. She had those <laughs> massive calves. Why did that come with the... I guess they all... <laughs> maybe they all have calves like that. We just I don't, don't know. We never, I've, we've never sexualized a Gremlin before. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like the, the, the clamp building and the clamp company jokes. All land really well. They're all pretty funny. Like it's cl- like the company's obsessed with technology. It's like 
a joke Elon Musk. Like it's like right. everything's like super advanced, but nothing works, which is not true of Musk. I mean, which but also it's like brings that. in like that's was a running joke in the first movie as well, in that Billy's dad was an inventor and all this stuff. Right. Didn't work. So it, it that's also sort of a carryover, just in a larger scale right. uh, from the first movie. Yeah. Um, but what did you think? I still loved this movie, but there's part of me that doesn't want to say your inner child is is an is not an idiot because I can understand why people would be disappointed if they had just watched Gremlins and were expecting like not that this is completely out of left field. I feel like it yeah. sort of builds on certain things from the original Gremlins and loses a lot of the other things. Yeah. Like this is not horror light or whatever you would classify gremlins as which is not really a horror movie but it's a scarier movie it's like yeah. the horror for beginners right um the freshman you know lecture on horror <laughs> yeah. uh so but this is like much more of an out and out comedy and that's why i love this one right. and the other one scared the shit out of me like why would i ever watch this again i, I got what i signed up for as a kid and though. as, as i know? get older yeah. like i do enjoy gremlins and i can see the through line between them but i think i was just so scared of the gremlins because they are a lot more violent whereas in this one they're just anarchist they're right. sort of an agent of chaos but not necessarily as dangerous right um but if I feel like if you are someone who shares my sensibilities, and I feel like if you're listening to this podcast where I talk about my sensibilities all the time, <laughs> there's a good chance you will. Uh, your inner child is not an idiot. If you are someone who wants more of the gremlins, you'd probably be disappointed and you, your inner child would be an idiot. Wait, how would it work? I'm not sure. This is a good movie. Yeah. I enjoy this movie. This is better as a than- comedy, as a slapstick, sort of ridiculous movie. Yeah. But I can see it's not for everyone. Going back and watching it as as adults, I was expecting this to be way worse because we've, you know, it's been right. sort of parodied like the Key and Peele uh, sketch, and we know that it's like the concepts are ridiculous, yeah. and they are, but like, but Gremlins also are ridiculous. Yeah, it's just a it's a ridiculous notion, but they, I don't know, like like you said, like I do see it's not like a movie that's like the Burbs, but I see that sort of like I see his sensibility. Now right. knowing that it's Joe Dante, like you're like, okay, yeah, he's, he's, he knows he's in on the joke. It's not <laughs> right. like, he, it's not like he, cause you mentioned that he was kind of coerced into making this. He didn't want to make the movie. And yeah. He, that's the vibe. I, that's at least the urban legends surrounding this. Movie. Yeah. That he, the only way that he would make it is if he got to do whatever he wanted now. And then who knows how true that is. But at the same time, it makes sense if that is true, because he was like, I don't really want to do like a half horror movie. I want to do like the like a a, a schlocky, goofy comedy, right? And that's a hundred percent what he did. Uh, may I make the nomination of uh, John Glover as the Catherine O'Hara, O'Hara Memorial MVP award? Yes. Oh, definitely. Okay. Second. What's the other one we have? Should we give out the? Is there a um, the Sally Field Best Scene Award that Ooh, we can give? What's that? Who's that go to? I might say the the Brainy Gremlins interview. Yes, uh, his interview is Tony fantastic. Randall, are you nominated? But I Tony think Randall? actually I will just give the climax of New York, New York, the okay. Sally Field Memorial Best Scene of the Movie Award. Yeah, I don't know. I like of those two things. I enjoyed the monologue more, but the. New York, New York scene is definitely more impressive, especially from like a puppet perspective. Sure. I wasn't even thinking 
about how they were puppets at that point. You're just sort of enjoying the spectacle. And it, it is sort of, when you think about if they made a Gremlins movie today, um, how they would all just be CGI. Would It's really kind of a shame that we've lost puppetry in a certain way. Especially when it does pop up in a movie, it's still kind of impressive. I don't know if you yeah. saw the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that came out a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that had the Jim Henson company like did all the puppetry work yeah. on it. And it is, it's not a flawless movie, but it right. is amazing puppetry work. Yeah. All the Vogons are perfect. And the, uh, I feel like the, even though it's CGI, the, the Porgs are very Gizmo-esque. Oh, but the buddy. The They're like, like little puffins if Gizmo was a puffin. Yeah. Anyway. What do you think, everybody? Email us, you're in a child is an idiot at gmail.com. You can call our hotline, leave us a message, 615-576-0525. Leave us a message, we'll play it on the show. Uh, let us know what you want us to talk about. What other things you want us to watch? You want us to watch the first Gremlin so it makes any sort of sense that we watch the second <laughs> Gremlins? Maybe we will eventually. Or maybe go fuck yourself. I don't want to watch it. Yeah. We're on it's all the uh, social medias. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Um, you can also become a patron of the podcast. Oh. Patreon.com slash you're in a child's an idiot. You can uh, sign up for $1, $2 episode, $5 an episode, all these different uh, treats and levels of support. We want to thank our current patrons, including Jacob Grimm, Christine in Brooklyn, His Honor the Mayor, Jeremy Powlin, Joshua Nicholson, Karen Kurd, Larissa Maestro, Dan McIntyre, Ghosts in the Burbs, and Jonathan Day. Thank you guys very much. You are your support is helping us continue to watch movies and talk about them. So be proud of yourself. Good job, you. <laughs> You've done it again, child of the 80s. <laughs> <laughs>